Welcome, welcome. I knew you would come back. Some strange fascination compels you, as so many before, to another story time with Silas. Please do situate yourself cosily and pay no attention to the, uh, wind howling. That's the thing with these older buildings. So many strange noises. Some would attribute them to old beam settling or drafts, perhaps. Others have different, more sinister explanations. Well, they say such places have character and many seek them out, like in tonight's story. The appeal of the quaint and unusual, I suppose. A strange fascination, but a harmless one, surely. The Rental by Danielle Thuen It's not a glamorous job, but I like what I do. I get paid to vacation, which is more than most people can say. All I've got to do is stay in a rental place, check out the area, and write a five-star review. Sometimes I have to... Ignore rowdy neighbours or a train that drives by at 3am or a roach in the sink, but as long as I make the place sound good, I get paid. I specialise in new rentals, places that haven't had any business yet because the owners can't figure out how to promote the place. The homes themselves aren't usually new, but that just means I get to use words like charming or quaint a lot. This place though, it's not something I'd describe as quaint. Creepy, maybe? I drive up the lane with branches brushing against the side of my car. It's a tight fit and I hope no one's heading the opposite way because backing up would be a bitch. Finally, the trees give way and I get a good look at the place. It's more cottage than house and it looks... wrong? I look at the picture on my phone, it's the same place but the picture looks much more welcoming than this cottage does in person. I turn off the engine and get out of the car, grabbing my overnight bag. I've stayed in worse places and managed to give rave reviews. I just hope there aren't any creatures trying to share my bed tonight. It's early in the evening and the light is good so I pull out my phone to take a few pictures of the place. The ones already online look decent but I like to include my own. I take a minute to line up the shot, moving around until I've got an artsy looking image. I check it out. There are a couple of trees framing the side of the cottage and a nice splash of sunlight against the front wall and a spot in the front window. Damn. I zoom in to see what it is so I can make sure I don't catch it in the next photo. It looks like a person. Like someone is standing behind the curtain. I look back at the cottage, but I don't see anyone there now. I double check my reservation information. Yeah, I'm supposed to be here today, and it's listed as a full home rental, so there shouldn't be anyone in there. I decide to take another photo before I check out whatever's going on inside. And the spot is in the front window again. I look at the cottage again, but there's nothing there. I turn my phone around and wipe the lens down, then take another photo. The dark spot is still in the window, and when I look again, I can't see anyone there. A cool breeze blows past me, and I shiver a little. 
I try to shake off the uneasy feeling that's come over me and head towards the cottage. I snap a few more photos as I go, getting some close-ups of the flowers lining the path, the rustic paint chipping on the front door, the chimney silhouetted against the darkening sky. This is the sort of stuff that really sells people on the place that might otherwise get skipped over. The door is locked, but the reservation details include the directions to find the key behind the wreath. I lift it, knocking a few dry flower petals to the ground in the process, and the key is right where it's supposed to be. I take it and unlock the door, letting myself inside. The switch on the wall beside the front door turns on a sickly bulb in the foyer. The light from the windows is doing more to brighten the room, and I wonder how dim it will be inside the rest of the house. The space is small, little more than a hallway with four doors, two on each side. There's an embroidered sign on the wall telling me to take off my shoes, and I take a photo of that too. Chintzy and cute, it's not my style, but I know what renters are looking for. I ignore the sign for now, leaving my shoes on. I'm still a bit concerned that there might be someone else inside, and I don't want to deal with them barefoot. I know shoes probably won't make a difference if I run into a madman with a gun, but it makes me feel better. I make sure I lock the front door and pocket the key. I check the door to my left, the one that seems like it matches the window that had that strange shape. It opens easily, the hinge is well oiled and quiet as it swings into the room. The light from the window doesn't quite reach the corners of the room. It's too close to sunset now. I check the walls for a switch, but I can't find one. Beside the door, there is a small table with an oil lamp and matches, so I light it. The dancing flame illuminates more of the room, and I glance around. There's no sign of a person in here, and I feel myself relax a bit. The space is what I would call a sitting room. It looks a bit formal and a bit stuffy, like the kind of room where my gran would have tea and read her stories. There's a pair of chairs facing a fireplace at the far end of the room, with lace doilies on the backs of them. There are doilies everywhere, I realise, looking a bit closer. There's one under the lamp I just lit, one on the mantel over the fireplace, one on the table between the two chairs, and another on the bookshelf. I take a photo of the two chairs and the fireplace, trying to come up with more words to describe the space. I'm going to have to break out the thesaurus for this one, I'm sure. I move closer to the window and look around the room, trying to figure out what I might have seen from outside. The chairs seem the obvious choice, but they're further into the room and the wrong shape. I hitch my bag up on my shoulder and move on. If the rest of the place is going to rely on oil lamps instead of electricity, I should get my photos while there's still at least a little bit of daylight left. Back in the foyer, I check out the room across from the sitting room. It's also got a window facing the front of the cottage and an oil lamp beside the door. I like this one too and step inside to look around. The room is dominated by a dining table that seems excessive for a one-bedroom cottage. The table is set with six spaces and a light layer of dust coats the table and everything on it. I sigh and decide to take photos of this room later. I'll have to wipe down all of the dust to make it look presentable. 
The room is darker than the sitting room too. The walls covered in a deep blue wallpaper and I'm a bit surprised it's not peeling. The whole place has that old sort of feeling to it. I turn to walk out and get a sudden feeling of being watched. I turn back around but the room is just as empty as when I walked in. The only hint of another person is the painting on the far wall. I squint at it suspiciously but it's just a painting of an old lady. It's one of those where the eyes seem to follow you though. And as I back out of the room she seems to stare at me. I close the door, debating whether or not I really need to add photos of the dining room to add to my review. I shake my head, trying to get rid of that uneasy feeling that's been growing since I took that weird picture. Two more rooms to check out, then I can relax, I tell myself. I reach for the door beside the dining room and find the kitchen. It's about what I expect to see after seeing the other rooms. There's an older style of gas range and a refrigerator that I'll describe as classic when I'm writing my review. It's clean, at least, without the layer of dust that the dining room has. And there's an overhead light in here. This seems to be where the owners have tried to be at least a little modern. As much as people claim they want a rustic vacation spot, they'll raise hell if they can't keep their drinks cold. I test the range listening to that click and whoosh of the flame catching. I won't be cooking, but it's good to know the thing works. I open the refrigerator, surprised to see several bottles of water inside. They're cold, and I help myself to one, cracking the seal as I continue exploring. There are two other doors in the room. One, on the back wall, leads outside, and the other is next to the one I came through. I open that door. It's barely more than a closet and it only has a toilet and a sink. Both are old-fashioned looking, and I'm glad I'm only staying for a night. I look at my reflection in the mirror over the sink and jump, dropping the bottle of water as I see someone standing behind me. I spin around, but there's no one there. There's not even room for someone to be there. But I could swear I saw someone else in the reflection. I rub my eyes. It was a long drive to get here, and maybe I just need to get some rest. My mind is playing tricks on me. I pick up my bottle of water and turn back to the mirror. The only face there is my own. Yeah, it's time to get some rest. The light is fading, and I know I'll be able to get better photos in the morning. I leave the tiny bathroom and the kitchen and open the last door in the foyer. It feels like walking into a wall of cold air as I step into the room. It's a bedroom, but nothing about it seems welcoming or restful. I shiver as I look around in the darkness. I spot an oil lamp mounted on the wall beside the door, and my hands start to shake a little as I light it. The light seems to get swallowed by the room. It's got the same dark wallpaper as the dining room, but it's not in good condition. The edges of the paper are curling, coming off the walls. The floor is covered with a dark carpet and it's hard to tell if it's supposed to be black or blue in this light. The bed is the centerpiece of the room, with a large headboard and tall posts. I step closer to examine it, squinting at the carvings that encircle the post nearest to me. I expect to see something floral, I suppose, or maybe some animals chasing each other around the bedposts. You know, 
the sort of thing that all these cottages tend towards. I didn't expect to see teeth. So many teeth. There are animals on this post, but they're not the cute woodland creatures I'm used to seeing. These are creatures. Mouths gaping, teeth exposed, claws stretching out to attack each other. I reach out a finger, tentatively, touching one of the teeth. Shit! The carving is sharp and I draw my hand back, checking for blood. A small drop wells up at my fingertip and I suck it into my mouth. The taste is making me cringe. I've got no idea how I'll describe that. Realistic art? I drop my bag on the ground. This is the last room, so I'm satisfied I'm alone in the house. A thought occurs to me and I walk over to the wardrobe in the corner and throw it open. It's empty, and I feel a bit daft for expecting to find a bogeyman inside, but I feel a bit safer. I check my watch and glance outside. The sun may be set, but it's still too early for me to sleep. I head back to the kitchen, hoping to find something to eat. This place is far enough away from town that I don't think I can get something delivered. I find a bag of crisps and a box of biscuits. Not particularly healthy, but I'm not picky. I grab a fresh bottle of water and decide to go back to the sitting room. It's darker than the first time I walked in there, and I debate trying to use the fireplace. There's a stack of wood beside it, but I've got no idea if the chimney's been maintained or if I'll end up smoking myself out. But I'll take a chance and start stacking the wood. It's been a few years since I lit a fire, but it comes back to me. The sound makes me jump and I jerk my head up, slamming it into the edge of the fireplace. It hurts like a bitch. And when I press my fingers against it, they come back red in my blood. I grumble as I head back to the bathroom once more, grabbing a towel to press to my head. I walk back to the sitting room, unwilling to stare at myself in the mirror in that tiny bathroom. It's even darker now, and I try to light the fire even as I apply pressure to the towel on the back of my head. It catches without much trouble, and I'm thankful for small blessings. The room looks cosy with the warm light, and I sit down, waiting for my head to stop bleeding. My eyes close, lulled into a peaceful rest by the sound of the logs popping in the fire. This time, when I jump at the sound, there's nothing for me to hit my head on. I look around the room, but in the dancing firelight I don't see anything out of place. As much as I'd like to just sit right here or even go lay down, I really should find out what made that noise. If something is broken, I don't want to be held liable for it. This job pays well, but not that well. I leave the bloody towel on the side table, careful not to put it on the doily. My head pounds as I stand up, but I ignore it. I've left the doors open, except for the dining room, and I suspect that's where the sound came from. The room is dark, except for some moonlight coming through the windows, and I nearly knock over the lamp as I search for it. I get the damn thing lit and start looking around the room. The table is still set. The windows are closed? The portrait is gone. That's going to be a problem. I cross the room and let out a sigh of relief as I see it lying on the floor. That must have been what I heard. 
I touched my head gingerly and frowned. I knew that creepy old lady was trouble. Glancing up at the wall, I can see a nail that looks to be bent the wrong way. I'm no handyman, but a single nail seems to be a terrible way to keep a heavy frame like that on the wall. I'm not going to try to put it back. It's not worth my time to search out a toolbox in the dark. And with the way this day has been going, the damn thing would probably fall off the wall again anyway. I reach for the painting as it lays face down on the floor, thinking I'll at least lean it up against the wall. Bloody hell! I let the painting fall and pull my hand back. I've managed to cut myself again. If I didn't know better, I'd say this place had it in for me. I press against the small cut with my shirt, trying to stop the bleeding. This is ridiculous. I bring the lamp closer, paying more attention to where I put my fingers, and try lifting the painting up once more. I manage to get it lifted up without more bloodshed, and I lean it up against the wall. She's gone. I stare at the painting, except it's not a painting anymore, it's empty. The old woman is missing completely. I look around at the floor like I expect to see her face there, but of course there's nothing there. I must have hit my head harder than I thought. I pick up the lamp and back out of the room, closing the door behind me. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm going to feel safer with that door closed. I look across the foyer. I swear I just heard footsteps, but I know I've checked this whole cottage. There was no one else here. I check the front door, but it's still locked. I rub my head. I can't recall the signs of a concussion, but maybe they include hallucinations? I pull out my phone to search, but there's no signal. That's another strike against this place, at least for me. I notice that my hand is still bleeding, so I go back to the sitting room to grab the towel. I set the lamp from the dining room down beside the other lamp, across the room. I reach for the towel and freeze. The towel is still on the table where I left it, but there's no blood on it. I reach up to touch the back of my head and I wince. Yeah, I definitely hit my head and I feel the crusted blood there. I pick up the towel, turning it over my hands. There's no blood on it. Not a single drop. I look around the room, not sure what I'm hoping to see. It still looks like a cosy cottage, with the fire lighting the room and casting shadows against the walls. I remember my bloody hand and press the towel against it. When I pull the towel away, there's a spot of bright red blood on it. I sit back down in one of the chairs. I'm not really sure what's going on with me, but it's probably best to sit. I stare at the fire for a bit, trying to get myself together. This cottage is a strange one and I'm not sure how I'll write up the review. I probably shouldn't mention the creepy painting or all of the things that I've bled on. As I watch the flames, I notice a dark spot on the bricks at the top of the opening. I realise that it's blood. My blood. I touch the back of my head again. No wonder it hurts. I swear I hear footsteps again. I grab the poker from beside the fireplace, holding it in both hands like a bat. I creep into the foyer, the bulb flickering overhead. I glance into the bedroom, but everything seems to be the way I left it. 
My bag is still on the floor, closed, and the oil lamp is still on the table beside the door, casting a warm glow over the room. I crossed into the kitchen, brandishing the poker in front of me. The bulb in here flickers too. The room is just as empty as it was before and I feel a little ridiculous. I lower the poker and rub my head, wishing there was something stronger than water in the fridge. I turn to go back to the sitting room and drop the poker as I come face to face with the woman from the painting. She's just staring at me with the same dead expression that she had in the portrait. She doesn't blink and I take a step back. She doesn't move, just keeps staring at me. I don't know what to do. I've never hallucinated before. Do I just pretend it's not there? She seems so real, but she can't be. I'm alone. I checked. Door is locked. So she must be a hallucination. I reach down and pick up the poker again. And the woman doesn't react. Good. I take a deep breath and walk towards her. She still doesn't react, just keeps staring at me. I tighten my grip on the poker and keep walking. I walk right through her, and she seems to dissolve around me as I do. That's disconcerting. I look between the door to the bedroom and the door to the sitting room. I'm tempted to just say screw it and go to bed. The fire is still blazing though, so I go back to the sitting room. I put away the poker and settle into the same chair. I remember the snacks I'd grabbed earlier and open up the biscuits. I'm not really hungry anymore, but I need to do something with myself. I set the bag on the table and catch the motion out of the corner of my eye. I turn my head, and the old woman is sitting in the other chair. Hell no, I'm not doing this anymore. I stand up and walk out of the room. I'm sure the fire will be fine, and if it's not, I don't think I care. Hell, it might be a hallucination too. I turn down the oil lamps before I leave the room, closing the door behind me. I close the bedroom door behind me, as if that will keep the imaginary old lady from following me. I don't bother changing. Whether she's real or not, the idea of being naked in this place creeps me out. I kick off my shoes and bring the oil lamp over to the table beside the bed. I pull a book out of my bag, pile up the pillows against the headboard, and sit on the bed. I try to read for a few minutes, but the light is too uneven and my head hurts too much. I try to get comfortable, but It's not easy. I finally lay on my side, staring at the window. There's not much of a view in this direction, just a bunch of trees. I close my eyes, but I can't sleep. I open them again and scramble backwards. The woman is there again, standing at the side of the bed, watching me. What do you want? She doesn't answer, but her gaze shifts, looking up. I follow her gaze to the ceiling. In the very centre, there's a small spot. As I watch, it seems to get bigger. A drop falls, hitting my face. I flinch and reach up to wipe it away. It's dark, and I can't quite tell what the liquid is, but it's warm. Another drop falls, then another. One lands on my lips and I swipe at it, but some of it finds a way into my mouth and I recognise the metallic taste of blood. The ceiling is bleeding. That's not right. That can't be real. I look over to the old woman again, and her expression has changed. There's a smile on her face now, but it's not right. Her lips are pulled too tight and her teeth are showing. Her pointed teeth. (laughs) 
I need to get out of here. I don't care if I'm breaching the contract, and I don't care if it's the middle of the night. I start to sit up, but I feel something wrapping around my wrists, pulling me back down. I turn my head, straining to see in the moonlight. It looks like the carved vines have unwound themselves from the bedposts and moved to my wrists. I pull against them, but the restraints are solid. I can feel myself panicking. My wrists are aching as the vines twist, the skin breaking as I struggle. The old woman kept staring at me, laughing softly. Such a tasty snack for my babies. I pull harder at the sound of her voice. This is too real. This can't all be in my head. I hear the sound before I see the movement. It sounds like mice or bugs or something else coming towards me. I stare in horror as I see them. The things that were carved in the bedposts. The creatures with the sharp teeth and the long claws. that come to life from the posts, walking down the vines that are holding me in place. There's nothing I can do. I can't break free of these damn vines and I can't get away. I turn back to the old woman. Please, just let me leave. Such tasty blood. No, no. Ah! 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 Well, I dare say that's one definition of breakfast in bed. Though I have eaten in bed myself, I generally leave the food in the larder. Still, to each their own, I suppose. Sadly, it is time we parted. But I do hope that you sleep tight. Don't let the bedstead bite. Good night. The Rental was written by Danielle Thuin, performed by Jerundu, Dylan Smith at Dylan and Dragons, and Tiana Hansen. If you enjoy this show and want to support the network, you can head over to patreon.com slash Majestic Goose, where our patrons will be getting every episode of Storytime with Silas a full week earlier, as well as a bunch of other really cool bonus content. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating review to help us grow, and also to check out the other shows on the Majestic Goose Network. In the episode description, you'll be able to find a link to our Discord as well as our website. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. A Majestic Goose Podcast.